Welcome to Date Night Podcast, a tabletop role-playing game podcast set in the homebrew world of Volunaya. Let's explore a whole new world together. Uh, last time on, on Date lemon Night Pie Night, Lemon Lemon, night, lemon uh, pie. <laughs> as opposed to our vanilla crew, um, vanilla pie, which was over a month ago. So just a little refresher. Uh, you guys started apart, and we had a lot of uh, sort of uh, stalking around by Trixie following the dwarves as they were not sneaky or subtle <laughs> clang, 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 in their clang, time clang. in uh, Cliffshire. <laughs> you are in Cliffshire, which is a largely halfling village with uh, a number of appraisers, auctioneers, uh, merchants, a lot of professionals uh, uh, in this area. You uh, have been to sort of all parts of the city. There's Cliff Top, which is where the auction house and the town Used hall and the flying hellhound um, and uh, Myrtle Sugarfinger. I left my my notes with all the, last name was Sugarfinger. all the NPCs out That's in fantastic. the building from last time, so I might forget some of them. Um, and then... Uh, so you've been up there. There's Cliff Side, which is built into the uh, actual side of the cliff. That's where you are right now, where we pick up. You had just been in uh, an appraiser's office, actually a couple of appraiser's office, including I think her name was Arabella, um, who uh, Warden knew. I believe that sounds correct. And then um, Trixie also had discovered a little bit of information about the pendant that she wears, uh, being a luck pendant. Wouldn't sell it. Um, and uh, it today is the feast of the bells, so oh, you have I been forgot. eating well. Oh, that's oh, right. We need to go face. back and get some more food. And, right. uh, uh, so far as the actual storyline goes, Warden has been attempting to maintain control of a mine uh, that he has managed for many years since the passing of the the old owner Finnegan Brickfest. You have discovered that uh, Lucius Brimwhisper has the largest share of the mine. He plans to sell it. Uh, you um, basically uh, encountered, we could say, one of the potential buyers by the name of Cayman Greycastle <laughs> and threatened him. Oh, I encountered uh, him, all right. More than threatened, I'd say, <laughs> uh, into uh, maybe not bidding on the mine. You have sort of a, a tacit agreement with him. That if you can keep the mine, uh, if he stays out of the the bidding, he would be more than happy to just purchase things from you at a steady rate. Um, But he says if the mine does go up for sale, he sort of has no recourse but to continue to try and bid on it so he can make sure he can have that access. He also said it was in his best interest for you to keep it, uh, so uh, he would do anything he could maybe to help that happen. The uh, Burn it. Uh, by the end of the session, you had gone in and stolen some paperwork from the auction house uh, that talked about the the actual, you know, what was being sold or transferred at the sale of the mine. In that paperwork, you found out that uh, Lucius and Finnegan had a deal with each other. Then uh, you burned the, the paperwork, but before you burned it, you found out that... Um, Lucius and Finnegan had a deal wherein they each got 10% of each other's earnings uh, from the refinery or the mine, which is why Lucius still had the largest stake in the mine. 
but he has not sort of returned any of the funds from his refinery. He immediately had closed the refinery, and there was something that the clerk who had looked over the auction papers for you had said about uh, if he was still using any of that equipment, it might be that he owes Finnegan's estate uh, some money. I think that's about the pertinent details of what went on in town. Um, Trixie was stalking you because Lucius was blackmailing her about letting out information about where she had got her her pendant from Mm -hmm. uh, because she had showed it to kind of a shady uh, appraiser before that who had passed the word on uh, to Lucius. And we established it does nothing. It does stuff. (laughs) Yes, but it's all in your brain last. So you had just finished getting... I have photo proof. (laughs) I can't see What's a photo? Uh, so you had just finished getting that appraised, and you had walked back outside. It's uh, somewhere in the afternoon of the day of the Feast of the Bells, um, the last day before the auction is set to occur. So what's what's next for you folks today? Staying away from lemon pies. So you're back outside. You're in Cliffside. And we've established that the illusion house thing is, uh, like, really high-powered magic, right? Right. So Lucius is staying in... It's sort of a variant on Mordenkainen's magnificent mansion, uh, but it's probably tied mm-hmm. to a magic item or a scroll of some kind that lets it actually stay around for a week instead of just a day. And it, it seems to function similarly, that you cannot get in without an invitation uh, Trixie has been in there because uh, she had been working for Lucius. It's still not really established if Lucius knows if she's kind of thrown in with you guys uh, or not yet. It seemed like you went to the house with her and she went inside, but she didn't talk to Lucius then, right? I don't think. Well, I think it was we were trying to deceptively get her on our side at that point in time anyway. So, yeah. Cause he, uh, darn it actually grabbed her hand and knocked on the door. So it's still it didn't day. work. <laughs> nope. Well, I guess we're going back to eating. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> Was I left inside? Cause I don't remember how it ended. No, you came out with them. You had just finished okay. kind of making your rounds down here. You were talking to people about the mansion and about your magic item. Trying to look for a clue, basically, it seemed like. We We didn't have any clue. Yeah. (laughs) So you head back up to Clifftop. I'll say uh, it's probably around the 2 o'clock feast as you get back up top and you hear the bell ring. Um, You can see people are back behind the kind of the roped off area eating pies at this particular time. Uh, Are they lemon pies? There are a lot of lemon pies around. The judging was at 1 o'clock. So now that the judging has been completed, uh, it appears that they're letting the rest of the untasted portions of the pie join into the feast. So anybody who's feasting. So who won won the contest? uh, So, yeah, uh, you ask around to find a a halfling who's just uh, kind of also waiting in line to go in and, and get some pie. Oh, um, it, it was an upset this year. It it uh, it was Melindy. She she won it, and uh, um, 
only uh, only the best tables are going to get to sample her uh, lemon pie, but uh, all of the others, I'm sure, are tasty as well, and I'm really looking forward to getting in there and, and having a slice. Isn't it a shame when, when things just suddenly go wrong out of nowhere? She's probably sleeping with the mayor. <laughs> I just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, <laughs> follows. Uh, why are you cutting me in line? <laughs> um, when you get in, uh, you drop a couple silver to get in for the feast, and you see uh, Cayman uh, sitting with a young uh, human girl uh, at one of the tables with the guard who was in the room with him before the servant who had the long sword at his belt, and he waves to the three of you, I guess, if our, you're going with them to Trixie. Sure. Okay. And he waves to the three of you to come and sit down across from him. Let's go and sit down across from him. I guess. Okay. <laughs> you you sit, hear the wood. <laughs> you sit down around the same time uh, that the pies are, are being brought out here. Uh, and uh, I hate the, you. <laughs> the waiter comes over. I'm having flashbacks. Uh, with the pie, and he says, Ah, um, Lord Greycastle, we have brought you uh, slices for your table of the the winning lemon pie. Uh, this was made by Melindy, and I don't have my notes at what her last name was. Thornburger Hill. Thornburger. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen back to whatever other episode that was. Uh <laughs> It's the NPC telling you to listen to Date Night. It was uh, very tasty, according to the mayor, so I hope you will enjoy it. And you see the the young lady who's sitting at the table just kind of looking around at some of the other tables, and she says, Father, do we have to, do you have to conduct business on the feast day today? And he just kind of says, looks over toward her, and he says, um... I will be very brief, dear. What? Don't you like food? Hmm? Who are you talking to? Her, obviously. Who else would I be um, talking to? Obviously. Yes, I I do like food. A father, would it be all right if I went to one of the other tables? You take 3D10 burn, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks and he... He looks around and sees her kind of glancing over at a table that uh, he says, do you mean the table with the handsome half-elf? You want me to kill him? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Just first let's share a pie. Yes, dear, go go ahead and sit wherever you'd like. And Trixie, you notice this is the little uh, lady who's about 15 years old whose purse you tried to steal in the previous episode. I have no idea what you're talking about. And she goes and, and moves to one of the other tables and uh, and sits down. She can't take the pie. Is that sort of this table? She, she didn't. Okay, good. <laughs> There's plenty of pie here. I'm going to slide the pie And over. this pie, <laughs> this pie is much better than the pies you sampled in uh, Myrtle's house. So, um, came and says, have you been enjoying the feast today? <laughs> <laughs> Ask a stupid question. Um, listen, after we had our friendly conversation the other day, more of a persuasion. 
I had a team begin looking into the paperwork associated with the mine, so I had already hired them before we spoke, you know, just to watch all my corners in case you failed to prevent the sale. Not that I don't have the utmost faith in your ability to plan. Um, Oh, you should! Uh, I have noticed, though, it seems there was uh, some goings-on at the auction house, and those papers are no longer there. I take it you had nothing to do with that. Nothing at all. Okay. It did seem too subtle for you anyway, Warden. Listen, (laughs) uh, I think I have some news based on the papers that my team has examined that may help you keep the mine, if that's suitable. Yes. And he snaps his fingers and his servant pulls out a uh, a scroll and hands it over to Cayman. Uh, Cayman says, of course, um, this is just a formality before I tell you. I do have some papers for you to sign. And he pushes them in front of you. He opens the scroll and sets it down in front of your, uh, uh, next to your piece of lemon pie. And he says, uh, this paperwork. That, that little halfling lawyer guy. <laughs> uh, this sets the the um, the rate on copper in our transactions for the next five years at ninety percent of today's value, and gives me the right of first refusal on all raw and refined shipments coming from your mine. Uh, then the price is to be renegotiated each five years at no more than ninety percent of fair market value. See, uh, the papers here just give me a steady price and you a steady buyer. Assurances for both of us. I'm going to read the paper word for word. Okay. All the way through. Okay. Twice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Once again, me being a man of the temple and whatnot, I'd like to give that a shot as well. Okay. So the two dwarves lean over the paper, licking lemon off of their fingers. And somehow clanging their helmets together. (laughs) And reading through. uh, It's actually not really written in uh, extremely legalese language. It does look kind of straightforward. uh, And it does... Copper and mine. You could go ahead and roll... uh, Let Worden roll at advantage with the two of you looking. Mm -hmm, uh, Just mm -hmm. a... Boilerplate, boilerplate. History check. And if you need me to look at it, then I'm... Natural 20! Okay. Um... Never you mind. think it's exactly uh, what Cayman says it is. It sets the price at uh, today's going rate, 90% of today's going rate for copper. Um, and it says it will be reassessed at the going rate in a, in a five years. I'm going to keep that one right over here. <laughs> yeah, you keep that dice close. <laughs> okay, I, I guess uh, all I need is a pen. Yes, um... And the servant hands you a quill and a little uh, portable um, inkwell. All right, go ahead and sign it. Okay. After you Make sign it. Make a dexterity it, check. <laughs> <laughs> he just... Uh, Make a penmanship check. <laughs> hands it over to the servant who rolls it up, puts it in a, a small tube, and puts it on his belt with some other uh, papers that it seems like he's carrying. And came and says, all right, then. My team found something very interesting on that paperwork that, again, I'm sure you haven't seen yet. Oh, no. Do I have to roll an expression check? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
No, uh, you have a big helmet on. You're fine. Oh, good. And a beard. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you know, uh, but Lucius owed Finnegan quite a bit of coin. You see, Lucius closed his refinery to circumvent the shares that he owed Finnegan. But um, I've actually had some people up to inspect the refinery. I was thinking of maybe making Lucius an offer on it while he was here in town. And um, the equipment there definitely has the, the marks associated with their joint venture, meaning that there's been years where Lucius' past debts have not been paid, and the paperwork at the auction house proves it. Well, there is no paperwork at the auction house. <laughs> well, uh, the paperwork that was formerly at the auction house proves it. But didn't... No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> didn't what? Didn't somebody burn that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know it's going as missing. It was burned. Oh, it wasn't burned. Speaking dwarvish. (laughs) I just go back to eating pie. (laughs) Um, Now, to collect those funds from Lucius obviously would not be easy to do he's probably not that liquid he seems to me like a man who, man seems who very corporeal burns through money very quickly however if I like however someone were to purchase the mine at auction all that money would be in one place being as he's the one selling it you understand I assume if you were to if someone I should say were to show that paperwork to the local authorities. Uh, or not. <laughs> when Lucius sells the mine and... Quick, grab the ashes! The funds are all accessible. <laughs> I cast mending! I don't even have that spell! Um, well, <laughs> there was something interesting about the deal, Warden, that Finnegan signed with Lucius... The money wasn't supposed to go to Finnegan's heirs, but to what he called mining operations, care of the mine manager. That's you, and it's quite a hefty sum. How hefty? Congratulations, you're rich. How hefty? What about the mine manager's longtime friend? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know I take care of my friends. It's more than the mine stands to sell for. Kind of kicking ourselves in the arse now, aren't we? <laughs> hey! I wonder what you could do with that money, Warden. Oh, I could do a whole lot with that money. None of it. None of it. <laughs> t- temple approved. I never took the oath. He said last time he knows a lot about assholes. <laughs> Is there any place that might have a copy of that paperwork? Well, that was a copy of the paperwork. <gasps> ah! <laughs> yes, that was in character. <laughs> Time for cleanup crew. That's a whole different one-off last. <laughs> I don't have the accent on me today. Or the douchiness. 
ironically, the heir is recovering the paperwork. Back to this one. <laughs> so I guess uh, we, we need a copy of the paperwork. Or the original of the paperwork. Yeah, well, uh, you know. Also known as the paperwork. <laughs> <sighs> Do you happen well, to have a copy or know where we can get one? I imagine Lucius will bring the copy back to the, or the original or another copy back to the auction house on the day of the sale as a replacement for the one that's gone missing. So today we feast. Huh? I said, so today we feast. Uh, um, in the meantime, I would think the other half of the evidence would be something that shows what we saw during our inspection, the fact that the um, tools at the refinery are ones that were co-owned by Lucius and Finnegan. Quick, last, invent a camcorder. Fantasy <laughs> photography, I just said that. Wrong short one. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, we tend to go off the rails a little bit. A little bit. Sorry. It was about five minutes and a half hour. So that's something... I have um, Wait, that I could go back. He has the evidence that of the okay, gotcha. yeah, and um, I could let you have that evidence if we were to continue to make a deal. You see, the mine is going to sell, whether that paperwork is gone or not, and it's either going to sell to me or it's going to sell. To Aloysius Fenigthum. Now, Who? I have Who? no want of responsibilities of and headaches of running a mine. Hiring and training new men, waiting two years to see a profit or a steady stream of ore. I'd rather you run it efficiently and sell me the ore at our arranged discount. Aloysius, on the other hand has a string of men ready to work. I plan to bid on the mine, and I plan to win. I'll put up the gold on the spot. My name is good enough, even if I don't have it all there on hand. And that will go to you instead of Lucius with the evidence that will be there in the auction house. And then I'll sell you back the mine at fair auction value. Now, for this to happen, to be sure that I'm the one who wins the mine... We get him. Well, maybe he's delayed, but you seem to have the idea. He's gone, actually, to inspect the refinery. He's due to be back this late this evening and attend the auction tomorrow. But if something were to, I don't know, delay him on the road, I don't guess he would have a chance to bid on the auction, would he? You delay him, I win the mine, we both win. Can we get that in writing? Um, I don't think you want your sneaky, underhanded deals put in writing. No, I don't mean that. don't mean the killing part. I could draw up something about being willing to sell you the mine at fair auction value whenever you have the money. Yeah, that's the guy kind of thing. 
whenever you had the money, you'd be able to purchase it from me, and you should have the money tomorrow, by my reckoning. Yes? Yes. And he just says, draw it up. Dern snaps his fingers. <laughs> More lemon pie! Yeah, so the, the you Not keep too. enjoying your pie. <laughs> well, very methodically, our Cayman servant pulls out some pie. paper, his quill and ink, and writes a very brief document. Uh, Cayman seals it. Just as kind of like a, not a seal, but kind of like a signature with his signet ring. And it says on it, Cayman Great Castle agrees to sell Worden Shieldbreaker full control and ownership of the mine at fair auction price whenever Worden has a funds enough to purchase it at said price. I just wrote down in my inventory scroll of selling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, he... He signs it beside where he kind of uh, impressed his ring there and, and hands it to you. All right, then. Okay. So we're understood. Like, it benefits neither of us if, you know, uh, Aloysius makes it here. Oh, I. Oh. He travels with protection. Just be aware. As if you thugs who he's hired who are locals that are following him around but uh, he's always also got a a man uh, they just call him Red who travels with him and he's pretty capable with a sword so watch your step and now finally for the first time at the table Cayman dips his fork into his piece of lemon pie and begins eating it oh we have forks (laughs) (laughs) Right, no, I, I don't think we should kill him. The laws, of, the laws of the lady are pretty strict. Fuzzier on kneecaps, however. <laughs> so, uh, do we know where he's coming from? You would know. Okay. Uh, if he's coming from Lucius's refinery, you have a good idea where that is. It's really not that far outside of town. It's less than a day's travel uh, by... Uh, you know, kind of horse or something like that. If you were to walk, it, it would be a little bit of a, you know, a track to hoof it. You have a cart. Do you have horses? Aye. Let's do that then. Well, I think we should figure out what's next for another feast. Do we have time? I don't know. I don't think we have time. We should All probably right. see to business. The auction is tomorrow. <sighs> right? Fine. I'm, I'm not. Okay. Yeah, yeah the auction is tomorrow. <laughs> Fine. Hey. Okay. So is there anything you're doing before you head out, or is that the plan is to kind of head to the the road you know that's between here and... Uh, yeah, I guess so. All right. Lassa, you're coming. During Ooh. all this, I've been watching the daughter mm-hmm. and the half-elf, and what has she been doing? Roll an insight check. Roll a, roll a stalker check. 18. She's uh, <laughs> laughing way too often. Uh, her cheeks are kind of red. Um, she's not touched the pie in front of her at all. And the uh, elf has very little interest, seemingly the half-elf. In the pie or the girl? <laughs> no, there's a lot, a lot of interest in the pie. Okay. I think everyone uh, has a lot of Which is maybe uh, more interest than in the girl. I cast my sneaky mage hand. Okay. It's pronounced ledger domain or something. Yeah. 
And I kind of slide the pie a little bit, and I see if she notices. Okay. Uh, roll what a that? slide of hand check. Nat 20. Well, I'll get oh. you pie if you want pie. <laughs> <laughs> All you got to do is this. No, she's Ice. very focused on the... <laughs> pie me. <laughs> I wait till she like puts her elbows on the table or something, and then I flip it up at her. The pie? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, he starts going to, talking uh, to somebody across from him. Three stooges. And he's like a little quiet, so she's like leaning in to make sure that she can hear it and puts her head in her hand a little bit. And uh, not necessarily I'm putting it where she's putting her elbow, but when she puts her elbow down, that it's close enough that it slips it. Like it, like she hit it with her elbow. Yes. Okay. I guess for for that, just roll a dex check at at advantage for it being invisible, or sleight of hand would work too. Not nat 20. Okay, yeah, it definitely looks like as she goes like this, the plate fl- flips up and just lands all over her dress. And What a waste. Uh, he, you going to eat that? <laughs> <laughs> and she's just mortified as you go by. She passes you the smushed pie on the plate, turns back around, and kind of sits back beside her father where her coat is still on the back of the chair, and she just puts it over her lap. <laughs> I'm tired of good. being here, Father. <laughs> Can I go back to the Hellhound? Trixie's just giggling. All right, and <laughs> I guess you guys can continue on. Yep. I okay. Um, yes. Three hours do, later, you're at the bottom of the mountain. <laughs> yeah. You take the stairs down or the elevator. <laughs> Eleva- elevator. I'm just the inside close elevator. My eyes. No, there's no no inside um. elevator. Oh, there's an elevator in the Hellhound. You take the elevator down, and when you get to the bottom, roll a perception check, please. Twelve. Thirteen. Uh, Eighteen. Okay, Dern. As you get to the bottom, you notice uh, that one of the Kenku, after you start walking toward Hillside, where the harbor is and where uh, Warden's cart is, you see one of the Kenku is about uh, two blocks behind you, seemingly tailing you through the uh, street. Let's see. Subtlety or direct conflict? Hey, you! Fuck stick! <laughs> Explicit. <laughs> Come here, that's a bird. I get two. I get two. Uh, as soon as you seem to notice no, I him... Get, and I thought I got two. Okay, never mind. Turn around. I'll take the other one. He, uh... <laughs> You get two for rated R. He uh, <laughs> breaks off toward the side and tries to go down an alley. I don't chase. I'm just like, it's an eight. Okay. Hi, I'm Mike, and you're listening to the Date Night Podcast. If you're interested in our homebrew content, such as class and race options or other unique things about the show, you can check that out from our friendly neighborhood game mom's Dungeon Master Guild page. So some of them are free, some of them are pay what you want, others are just a few dollars and are used to really, they really do help us out. Um, you can find all of these by going to our website, d8nightpodcast.com, and clicking on the store tab, or by going to dmsguild.com and searching for Will Mayer. Now, I've seen some of Will's content, actually I've seen it all, but the titles are Path of the Fury for the Barbarian, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Rules for Building Your Own Homunculus, which is just horrifying, Bloodlines, a guide to new playable races, backgrounds and feats, 
and Crinkle Fire Touch's guide for the homebrew magic items made specifically for this campaign. Speaking of that campaign, let's get back to it and hear what's in store next for our characters. So you make it to Harborside, you find Warden's Cart, you locate the couple of uh, horses that you had stabled nearby at one of the places where you had, had rented stables for them. Uh, so you've got your two horses, you bring them back up to the wagon, and you start out uh, on the road toward the uh, west, toward where you know uh, Lucius Refinery is. So there's just a small town um, out that way that you've been to before. Um, unfortunately, a couple of times you have had to oversee shipments of ore to that refinery when your customers had chosen to have it directly sent there and, and have him process it for you. Um, so you have been in the city before. I don't know if you've actually been inside the refinery. Um, so you head out, uh, just keeping an eye out on the road for kind of anybody coming the other way, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, coming the other way, heavily guarded. Yeah. Um, so you move along till it um, starts to become uh, maybe around 5 uh, o'clock in the evening, uh, around dinner time or so, and you see... We could have had another feast. Uh, Probably what is your goal? There's this very kind of overly dressed old man uh, who's riding on a basically like a white stallion uh, with a lot of trappings around the outside of it. Uh, he's got a rapier in his belt and kind of a very well kept white beard and long hair and his a braid. Not nearly as good. And uh, beside him, on a couple of kind of. Uh, I just beat up horses. Uh, Ragged horses are just two poorly dressed uh, thugs with, like, clubs in their belts. They look strong but stupid. Uh, And then riding right on the right hand of the the lord, it seems like, here is this beefy-looking guy on kind of like a war horse. He's got a long sword in his back and a short sword on his belt. Flaming red hair, kind of balding a little bit in the middle, um, but still long and hanging down over his shoulders with just a just a mustache. Uh, and they are coming along the road. Uh, it's kind of a, a, a downhill toward your direction, um, seemingly in a pretty empty spot. You have passed a few people on your way maybe every half hour or so. You've passed a party of people um, going the other direction. And you've overtaken a couple who were walking uh, west. Would I recognize him? Mm, probably not. They're all humans. Uh, you so they all a, just look alike to me? You could roll a history check. <laughs> See if you know who this fella is. They all look alike. 16? He's probably not in super important enough that you would have heard of him. He he does have a lot of money, but I thought Lucius was a guy in the in the um house, the mansion. This isn't Lucius. Oh. Well then. This is uh Aloysius. Oh. Uh Fennig you think. Aloysius, Aloysius. <laughs> <laughs> so um I vote we just keep riding by them so they don't suspect anything and take them from the back. Or maybe we try to get them to think that there's an accident down the road and the road is closed. Let's go ahead and camp tonight, give them time to clean it up. 
Deception. Right. Dwarven Deception. <laughs> My strong suit, clearly. <laughs> Oh, mine too. Oh, my strong suit too, but that's kind of one of my lower. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> so was I? Okay. It's supposed to be my strong suit, but uh, my charisma's a little iffy. Well, I still think you should probably talk. Okay, they're coming your direction. They're about eighty feet out. Closing quick because you're trotting along on horses. Kind of, kind of elbow. Stumpy elbow. <laughs> you can Colored see as pie. they start to uh, approach you that they kind of uh, red kind of moves into the front. One of the thugs kind of moves between you and the the lord, and the other one kind of stays behind him. And they go over to that side of the road where, like, they're almost boxing him in a little bit as they move. I have a point to this. What kind of landscape is it around? Some hillsides, um, trees, this is or a, what? Yeah, th- there are some trees. There's like, uh, you've passed a few streams and things along the way and kind of like just copses of little trees. But there's so not no, really like, many hills? Forest. Yeah, it, they're coming down a pretty good grade in your direction right now. Oh, hi. There's been a landslide up ahead. You need to wait here until they can clean it. Um, are you addressing any one of them in particular when you say it? Or? The group in general. Okay. So you kind of trot ahead of the two of them, come mm-hmm. up, kind of just stop your horse beside them or turn it to keep pace. And uh, the guy in the front doesn't even really look at you too much. But the other guy looks over toward the Lord and they kind of stop their horses for a second. A tree's been knocked down, and it's crossed the road. It's a healthy tree, tree too. I'm sure we could go around some tree across the road. We it's don't have a wagon. It's not just a tree. It's also a landslide. Nothing. How'd you get through with the wagon? I was coming the other way, and then we had to come back. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, roll a deception check. 24. Yes! Right, so... Boss, uh, this little bird says there's a problem. Little bird told me. Problem <laughs> on the road ahead, and you just hear, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the old man voice. There's a problem on the road ahead. Oh, oh. Well, how big of a problem? How big of a problem? <laughs> the road is fully blocked. We're heading back to find a place to camp. It's fully blocked. Oh, uh, we we don't have a, a wagon. We we can we'll make it across just fine. Not if the road is fully blocked. There's a landslide and trees are knocked down. They have to clear it from both sides. It's so so blocked. Uh, okay, this time roll a... Uh, they believe you that there's a landslide, so roll a persuasion check with the uh, Lord. Come on, come on. 17? Okay. Roll low. I already rolled. Uh, oh, we need to... We need to get back. I, 
planning on bidding on this refinery and the mine. Um, oh, for the auction? They say it should be clear by then. Probably best just to camp here for the night. Yes, that's why we've got this wagon. We're bringing stuff to the auction too. Maybe we should continue on at least as far as the landslide. We could get that far and camp there for the evening. I hate camping. I look over at them. I mean, they're going to need room to work. We'll be happy to stay here with you. You can you can stay here with our wagon. It's nice and safe. Asshole. <gasps> <laughs> um, I'm the worst goddamn paladin ever. Aren't you having an ex- existential crisis anyways? Red. No, I'm yes. past that. I'm kinda. just the worst paladin ever now. He met me. You can see Red's horse a little bit, just kind of patting the ground a little bit. And he's like, um, thanks for the offer. We don't really need your protection. I would like to sleep in a wagon instead of on the ground, though. I mean, come on. It's a priest and a paladin. I mean, how much safer can you be? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't look red. We could stay. How far ahead is the is the landslide? Is it far? Maybe a mile or so. See, a mile isn't going to save us any time in the morning. I'm tired. We rode all day to the refinery. Look, you're the... You're in charge. You're the boss, boss. Uh, I'm sure... We'll be fine here. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys have in the back of the wagon, anyhow? Why don't you, some of you whippersnappers, go around and fetch us up some fags for a fire? Explicit. <laughs> no. Dern just kind of looks at the two thugs like, like <laughs> yeah, you heard the man. Right, how come we've got... You You can give us a hand then, right? Getting some something for the fire. I mean, he's your boss. Just go and get something to keep us... we got to cook something for dinner, don't we? You, just go get some. You, start unpacking me bag. And Red, help me down. So you see him start to seem like they're going to set up a camp uh, a little bit. Red does step beside the old lord and kind of seems like he's really light and just kind of wispy. He just kind of grabs him uh, and puts him down on the ground. And uh, the other guy's unpacking some stuff from the saddlebags, we'll some start pots. making a bed in the back of the wagon. <laughs> Would it be all right if I stayed in your wagon? Oh, I, I'm, I'm gonna make a make a nice place for you to sleep. There's, we prefer it. There's not an inn between here and the city, and I don't think we'd get back until probably near midnight. It's been a long ride. So again, the the one thug kind of goes off into the. It's just like a stand of basically like evergreen trees. And he kind of disappears back in there a little bit. Are they green? Yes. Evergreen? Uh, they are. 
And uh, the other one just pulls out some pots and starts pouring uh, some water from his uh, water skin into one of them and just seemingly like he's going to start preparing some food as soon as the fire's ready to go. Um, he kicks a kind of an area off the side of the road around, pats it down a little bit so he's got a, a spot ready and just starts grabbing some small stuff that he might be able to start it with, some some kidling and things. Hey, let's make comp. <clears throat> Can I turn the wagon around to face the direction we came? The way you came from? Yeah. Okay. To make it so that it's like we're going to be heading back that way in the morning? Correct. Okay. All right. Yeah, so you turn it around, pull it off the road, probably a little ways near where they're kind of setting up a camp, kind of in this small clearing. He pulls this red pulls like off of the saddlebags of his horse, like this portable folding type chair almost. It's like a stool and it just kind of pops out. Like if you've ever seen those old like canes that almost turn into like a little stool, it's Mm -hmm. not much more than one of those things. Uh, And he hands it to the old man who just kind of sits in it uh, near where the fire's being built. Um, You're more than welcome to join us for a, uh, a bite, if you'd like, for your courtesy. Oh, that's very kind. Never turn down free food. Aye. All right. Or any food. And Red's pretty quiet. Eventually, the um, thug comes back from the woods with kind of a handful of uh, sticks, an armful of them. Uh, comes over, puts them in the fire. They start putting it together and start it. They argue with each other a lot throughout the course of the uh, task of putting the fire together. Like, no, you idiot, of course. You've got to put the def- It's got to be a teepee. Teepee. Yes. Oh, every idiot knows it's a teepee. And the other guy's like, no, you always make a square. A square makes a nice, even fire. Teepee. And they keep moving each other's uh, <laughs> wood around, and eventually there's the like fire. a square teepee in the, in the fire pit, and they get it lit. And the whole time they're arguing, the old man is kind of nodding off a little bit in his chair. You see, as he's just kind of looking around, um, he's got a little uh, book and like a, a set of spectacles on the ends of his nose that he's sort of reading, and Red is just kind of quietly sitting. Again, kind of just off to his right side uh, on the ground with his uh, kind of just on one knee almost, um, sharpening his short sword. Weird flex, but okay. And they cook up some food, starts throwing some stuff uh, over the fire in the pots and things, and eventually put together some kind of like a uh, like a soup I was just a, boiling there for a little while I have a question mm-hmm. when we were talking about sleep you said that there is a homebrew version that we could have done but I forgot what it was by the time I started writing the cards do you remember we were what that talking was? about maybe using <laughs> sleep with a wisdom save instead okay. of a rolling a hit points thing okay that's what I was thinking and that I can target just one person. You'd have to with that version. Okay. So, doing anything or just waiting around? 
So so since the guy the red guy is is sharpening his short sword, I'm just gonna take out my hammer and buff it up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's nice and shiny. Thank you. That's good. Would you like the cloth? Oh, thank you. I'll do the same. You do see red, uh, not very, I guess, coily or anything, just directly looking over, like he's sizing you guys up a lot of the time. Well, we are short. Yeah, especially when you pull out your hammer and start buffing it. (laughs) Uh, He he doesn't sharpen his sword for long. He puts it back away. He just kind of sits there, kind of sits back, puts his knees up a, a little bit, just kind of looking around at the road, seeing if anybody's coming, but just kind of chill. The other two guys are now arguing about how to cook the soup. Like, uh, got to put the carrots in first. No, the carrots always, they get mushy if you put them in too early. You put the taters in first, because if you don't, then the taters are too crunchy, and nobody likes crunchy taters in the soup. Then it's not even a soup anymore, Terry. Don't you know you're supposed to put the carrots in first and then the potatoes, because then the potatoes will become mushy. You see, Lyle, she knows. You put the carrots... You said that, right? The carrots first. The carrots first. She agrees with me. Oh, I think it's the taters. Well, we have how much prodding we have to do before they kill each other. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, now Lyle's like, see, he said taters. <laughs> they, they argue about the soup. Uh, but eventually the soup's ready. and uh, Aren't the potatoes mushy? Um, there's no potatoes <laughs> <laughs> in the soup. They forgot to put them in in all of the argument. <laughs> so it's just kind of carrots and, and meat. But it's uh, it's all right. You share some soup, it starts to get a little dark. Um, Aloysius asked if it would be all right if he goes and uh, holds up in your wagon. Oh, by all means. Okay. Red helps him up there. Uh, and Red just kind of sits on the uh, kind of the back open part of the wagon, lights a pipe. His legs just kind of dangle off the back toward the ground. So, Red, have you all been traveling all day? We have. You must be pretty worn out from all that. A lot of riding. I'm used to riding. Hey. Oh. If you don't mind, <clears throat> excuse me. If you want, we can take first watch. You get some rest from the weary day. Hmm. Well, you can take all the watches you'd like, or we'll be rotating ours too. A couple extra sets of eyes. Oh, not a bad idea not a bad in these idea. parts. Sure, sure, absolutely. And he just kind of goes back to smoking his pipe even though you're standing there kind of not looking in your direction while he's talking to you. That's just rude. (laughs) (laughs) Say it loud enough for him to hear it. So he sits on the back of the wagon. It gets to be about, it's not super late, but, you know, uh, Lord Fennig Thumb turns in a little bit early these days, so he's turned in for that. It's 5.30. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty early. (laughs) When it does get to be about um, sleepy time, I don't know what else to call it because I'm the father of two children now. <laughs> um, I'll turn to one of the one of the idiots and, and say, "All right, you and me, first watch, eh?" Um, gotta run that by old uh, Red. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't. Yeah, um, Christ's sakes, man, just tries to. Yeah, look, uh, 
You want me and um, there is such a Tumbly thing as holding too high to the hierarchy. First watch, me and no, the shiny Tumbly, the shinier <laughs> Tumbly. All right, you're, yeah, we. It's like he's on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> you can't hear no, much. I, I, it, he's real quiet. The other guy's real loud. All right. I'll wake you up soon. Fine. Fine. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So, you, how, how do you guys have, you have tents and stuff set up or what's going on? I, yeah. So you guys all have that kind of equipment, I take it, just your normal bag. So you set up a, a camp, a couple of tents around. Uh, you see a couple of people actually uh, in a little while, uh, right around uh, before sundown comes, you see a wagon uh, start going by where you are. From which direction? Yeah, that's what I'm rolling for. Oh, shit. From, <laughs> from the direction where you said the landslide was. Um, so as they go by and the wagon starts rattling, uh, Red uh, kind of <laughs> tries to intercept them there on the road and just starts talking to them. So you see him over on the road. The one thug is already inside a tent, and the other guy's just kind of sitting where Red was originally on the back of the wagon, uh, just kind of looking out. Oh, they've cleared the roadblock well, already, have they? He'd be more, because Red was on the wagon, they wouldn't have wanted to sit together. He'd be more <laughs> on, like, near the road, just kind of... Uh, Within telephone distance. Standing around, yeah. <laughs> but you see Red break off and go. The road's, like, maybe 50 or 60 feet from where you set up your camp. You just kind of went off to the side in a clearing. Um, and Red's going out to talk to the people in the wagon. And I followed after, and I said, "Oh, the road's clear, is it? Clear now? You're following Red? Yes, and I asked them if the road is clear now. All right, so you get up there, and it's just one kind of... Uh, well, he's in kind of thin clothes. He looks like he's a little bit cold in the <clears throat> evening. And he says, What? What do you mean the road's open? Oh, it was blocked earlier. We had to turn back. Road blocked. Yeah, there must be a couple miles down. Oh, well, no, it's all all clear now. Oh, good. Good, then we can leave early in the morning, then. I guess if that's what... I said that to Red. Sorry. Oh, okay. And Red says to the fella, Wait there a second. You hungry, fella? And the guy says, Yeah. Hold on. And he starts walking back to the camp. I'm assuming we're all still awake at this point. Uh, I don't know. It would be close to like when you're talking about taking the watches, but Red hadn't gone in for the watch yet. So, yeah, I think you'd still probably be around the fire. Okay. So you see Red start coming back from the wagon, just walks over to where the the pot is on the campfire. Uh, fishes out a little bit of soup into like a a wood bowl and starts carrying it. Back I'd like over to the before road. He, as he bends over the pot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna push him in. <laughs> All right, uh, rolling it. <laughs> uh, go ahead and roll 
just to see if you get kind of a surprise on him. Okay. Or if we're going to roll initiative to see how that this goes. This is just like a straight D20? So this would be a um, stealth check, I guess. <sighs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Are you in oh, armor that gives you disadvantage it's, on stealth checks? It's a two. Okay. So he's probably going to see that. Yeah, that's not a one. So <laughs> Can I try like a deception, like like just looking into the pot, seeing what's left? Uh, uh, you could, but as soon as you get up, basically, uh-huh. he basic kind of gives you a over-the-shoulder <laughs> look. Like he's aware and... I didn't see any potatoes either. Yeah, no potatoes. And he, he spoons it into the bowl and starts walking toward the road unless you do anything else. Fuck it, I'm pushing him. <laughs> you still going to push him? Now we will roll initiative as he turns around with the bowl of hot soup. Okay. 20! I like this. And time. then I got to figure out where exactly everybody is. So this is the camp. This is the steeple. Open the wagon, and there's there the, the old people. And murder all the people. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have any fun advantage on... Uh, um, what's it called? Initiative. That investigation, inspiration. <laughs> the road, the other cart, the thug who was near the road, Warden, uh, Trixie is near the cart, the. Not the wagon, the cart. Red is by the <laughs> fire. And soon we'll be in the fire. <laughs> Darren is trying to push Red. Toward the fire, and I think that, oh yeah, the Lord is in the cart. All right, um, this is red and the others are thugs. Low, 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 low. All right, low. I'll go ahead and get your initiatives first. Uh, Dern. Eight. Warden. Twenty. Whoa. Tricks. I rolled a 10. Plus anything? That's with the pluses? Yeah. Okay. Well, technically with the pluses, I have more than that. I have 21. Oh. You've got to include that. Uh, low. Low. Oh, I need the stats out so I know exactly where they fall. It's low. It's low. Low. Sevens or lower. What page is this we do I have was, a copy machine, you know. I wasn't thinking you were going to ride away with the wagon. I thought you were just going to push it, like, down a hill or something. <laughs> <laughs> like Bonnie and Clyde, just flipping explosions. No, I, wanted to, I wanted to face it towards the uh, the town, so that way, when everyone fell asleep, we could just get, get on the horses nothing. and start driving. Why do we want him to go closer to town, though? We want him away from town. I know that. I could have put... I could have put Red to sleep, and then I've got Silent Image, so that when he woke up, he'd look and see that the wagon was still sitting there. I'm pretty sure he's going before you, lass. All right. Well, Warden, at this point, it's too late. You're sitting. She's trying to push him. Uh, you're sitting kind of at. If Dern is at uh, I didn't know five o'clock check. in your camp, like the fires in the middle of the clock, and mm-hmm. you've got a circular camp around it. There's a thug in the tent who's not really like asleep or anything yet. He's just kind of trying to get ready and he's been bringing stuff in and out near the fire it looks like he's still chowing down he's at 12 o'clock you're at about 3 and you see Dern stand up as Red turns around with this bowl of soup and you are sure Dern's about to just rush him 
We hope you've enjoyed our date night together. Remember, you can really help us out by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on whatever platform you use to listen to us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again in one week.